0: You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. Let's join in for this week's message. Man, it's so good. And, but um, it was great. We had a great time. And, and, uh, and I'm telling you, God is moving. God is moving powerfully. And, um, and with everything that's going on in this world and in our country and in our culture, Yeah, in the world. God is moving, y'all. And here's the thing. He's moving just like He did with Moses. He's moving His people. But He's moving them to the Red Sea. We're being moved... To a dead end. You say, well, boy, this is going to be really encouraging. (laughs) No, I'm telling you, this is what we need to hear. Because he's pressing us into service. We're being shoved into service. Whether we like it or not. He's transforming how we process. Listen to me. He's transforming how we process what we see and what we hear. Come on. He's transforming our very thought process on what's going on. Look in Exodus chapter 14, verse 17. This is God and Moses. I tell you what, back up to 14. It says, the Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the sons of Israel to go forward. Now that sounds very odd because they're at a Red Sea at a dead end. There is no place to go. There's no place to go. And God says, why are you crying? See, I've been told I've been insensitive before. (laughs) But I read about God who says, I'm a God of war and I'm a, come on. Yes, he is merciful and he is kind and he's all that. But at some point, he says, hey, why are you crying? He told Job after Job lost everything, said, hey, gird up your loins and be a man. (laughs) That might not be what you want to hear, you know. (laughs) but we live in a society that has a victim mentality and is always offended. And if we're not careful, we're gonna get offended at God when he's got us at a dead end. And he says, why are you crying? Go forward. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the sons of Israel to go forward. And as for you, lift up your staff. Stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. Listen, when he said, Stretch up your, lift up your staff and stretch it out, he said, This is a sign of your authority. You got some skin in this game. Come on now. At some point, we got to quit crying and we got to lift that staff up and say, Part, come on, and look, look what it it, it just, it's rich. We miss it. Stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the sons of Israel shall go through the midst of the sea on dry land. And as for me, behold, I love this part. And I've preached this before, many times. He says, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. Look at this part, underline it, get this in your thinking. Get this in your process of how you see things and how you process them on what you see and what you hear and what you're experiencing. He says, I will be honored through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and through his horsemen. Come on, he says, I will be honored. I'm gonna harden Pharaoh's heart, and then everything that is a symbol of his authority here on this earth that he's wreaked havoc on you. Come on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use it for my glory. He's gonna honor me. His pride. Oh man, come on, y'all should have went. <gasps> his pride is gonna end up destroying him and honoring me. Oh, man. The title of this message is Thy Kingdom. See, he's pressing us into service so that it will reflect his kingdom in our life. Come on. For the world to see his kingdom... We have to be walking in it. Not just coming, sitting down in church on Sunday, leaving, going back like nothing's happening. Come on, y'all with me? Turn to Matthew chapter five, verse 10. Here's what it says. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who are harassed, who are punished in a manner designed to injure, grieve, or afflict. Come on, blessed are you when you are persecuted. In this statement is a huge amount of missed truths that we miss because the problem is is our mind automatically goes to the hereafter? Come on, are y'all with me. Blessed are those who are persecuted, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And we automatically think of the hereafter. That's not all this says. Blessed are those who are persecuted for theirs is going to be the authority and the power. Come on. Why would Jesus say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Come on. Does that make sense? Blessed are you when you're persecuted because you're going to walk in the power and the authority of the kingdom of heaven and I'll be honored by that. Hmm. See, that's a different way of processing some things. And if we don't get a hold of this, and if you just dismiss this as, well, I've done said the prayer, and I'm just waiting to go to heaven, you're gonna miss out on everything. Come on. Persecution will come. When we're living in when we're living a righteous life, this is what—not being religious zealots, hear me. Not being religious, but living a righteous life, having moral standards of living. Come on, right and wrong. Believing God's word is absolute truth. Having a biblical worldview. Do you realize, and some of y'all have heard me say this stat before, 80% of Americans call themselves Christians, but only 1% believe the Bible's relevant for everyday life. That's because they don't believe it as absolute truth or have a biblical worldview. That's sad. Because we're going to be blessed. Because we teach our children the truth. We're going to teach our children the truth. And what we're teaching our children truth, we're not reclaiming the rainbow. That's not what we're doing. We're teaching why the rainbow is the rainbow and it's not a symbol of Pride Gay Month. Come on, are y'all with me? We're not going to be religious zealots and go out there and just, you sinners, you... Come on. They know they're missing the mark. They're unhappy, and they're miserable, and they're crying. This is a blatant attack from the enemy To pervert everything that is of God. And if we don't get off our. and start teaching our children the history of why we have a rainbow, because of all of the. come on, of everything that's going on right now wickedness, undisciplined men. Men and women defiling their bodies. Listen, this is an attack from the devil to attack God. Devil can't touch God, but he can pervert his creation. Oh, is is anybody in here? See, this is an attack from the devil, and if we don't start teaching our children... Hey, there's no confusion here. The reason the rainbow is here is because it is a covenant from God that He'll not flood the earth because of wickedness again. Come on. Because men had, come, had become so depraved in mind, their functions were men for men, women for women. Come on, are y'all with me? and they brought into a lie Come on y'all with me See wickedness is undisciplined men and women defiling themselves Look in second Timothy Second Timothy, Chapter Three, if I can find it. Verse Twelve And indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Look what it goes on to say. But evil men and imposters will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. See, they're trying to normalize sin. You can't normalize sin. Listen, they're, they'll straight up lie for political power. And listen to me. Just because someone quotes scripture and says we're praying for you does not mean they're Christians. (laughs) Right? I mean, I hear evil men on TV all the time misquote scripture and then throw out a, we're praying. I don't know who you're praying to, but when you can't identify life, come on, when you can't identify life at a heartbeat, inside a mother's womb, I question your ability to understand scripture. And if you're really following the Jesus that I know, come on, are you with me? And if we don't begin to start teaching his story here, we're gonna lose a generation to deception and evil men. See, at some point, we have to make that stand. Are y'all with me? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the surpassing greatness of the power may be of God and not from ourselves. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not despairing. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always caring about in the body the dying of Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Now, we have to break this down a little bit here. His power, His glory will be evident in our lives when we're living and walking by faith. And here's the, listen, we are delivered we, this is one of the things we have to start seeing and processing different in the body of Christ. We are delivered from pestilence and plagues. Okay? We don't have to get caught up in all that, run to the store, and buy all the toilet paper. We are delivered from pestilence and plagues, but we are not exempt From trials and tribulation. We are going to be pressured. We're gonna be pressured. There's gonna be, but here's the thing this is how it is designed. Because the pressure and the trials, they just squeeze out the kingdom of God in us. And we bear fruit and we multiply in the pressure. That's what caused all the problems in Egypt. The more pressure that the Pharaohs put on Israel, the more they multiplied. The more they just, they kept growing. And they would increase the workload. They would increase the pressure and they would keep after them. We got to have more bricks. We got to, I mean, they tried everything in the world and they just kept multiplying. How have we tried to take that out of the gospel? Come on. The pressure only makes us the city shining on a hill. The pressure and the tribulation only makes us salt and light more and it drives them nuts and the devil tries to oppress more and tries to pervert more and yet none of us stop praising. We keep coming to him and and the more he presses our families and the more he presses our finances, we just keep praising And he can't do anything about it. And we just stand there, arms open, with this goofy looking grin on our face, laughing and praising God. Come on. on. The whole time they're trying to tell us we're bigots, we're unloving, we're... Come on. No. No. We don't hate you. I don't. Listen. Be who you are. But I'm gonna be who I am. I'm gonna be what Christ called me to be. And at some point you're gonna see and you're either gonna honor God or you're gonna repent and see that he is God. Come on. Man, come on. That's good, y'all. We don't have to go out there screaming, holding up signs and protesting against the protesters. That's what they want. I don't have to go get down in that and wallow with them. Oh, but we've got to do something. Yeah, we're going to do something. We're going to keep living life. We're going to keep occupying and stewarding what God gave us. And we're just going to multiply right in the midst of all of it. And they're going to go, well, golly, we can't even rattle them. God says, no, because the ones that won't repent, they're being turned over to a depraved mind. So go on about your business and go receive the promise. Oh, uh, hey, come on. I'm going to harden their hearts and I'm going to be honored by them. And you're just going to go receive the promise. No. See, that's what he's saying. Jesus is going to be manifested. See, Jesus is the promise. Come on. Oh, man. Listen. The more the tribulations and the pressure, it just gives birth to the kingdom of heaven here on earth in us. When we look at what's happening in our culture, you can see clearly that they're trying to take over everything and pervert it. As believers, we are representing Christ and all that He stands for and all that He is. That's what we're doing. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 14. It says, for we have become partakers of Christ if we hold fast the beginning of our assurance firm until the end. Listen, we, for we have become partakers of Christ. We have become partakers of the anointing, come on, of the anointed one what does the anointing do? Breaks a yoke and it removes the burdens. We have become partakers of that. What a promise that is. We have become partakers of the yoke destroying and burden removing, come on, if we hold fast the beginning of our assurance firm until the end. Come on, where do we hear that? Hebrews 11, verse 1 and 2. It Look what it... Let me just turn there. You got to see. If we hold... Listen, now faith is the assurance. If we hold our assurance firm until the end. Now if, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, for by what? That assurance. For by that assurance that we're holding on to, that we're going to see, come on, the men of old gained approval. That's what it said. Now that word approval, here's what it means. To be a witness. To bear record. To testify to the truth of what one has seen and heard. If we hold fast to our assurance in the midst of the trials and the tribulations and everything that's going on, we are going to be a witness, come on, to the power and the truth of the kingdom of God. Come on. See, we're partakers in all the authority and the power and the persecutions. (laughs) It just comes with it. But it just, just makes us who we are. See, we're participants. We share in the tribulations. Come on, think about Jesus. This is, and that's why Peter, you know, they said, hey, Don't act like some strange thing's happening to you. See, we are participants. We share in the tribulations. In other words, we share in the misunderstandings, the frustrations, the disappointments. Come on, how many of y'all got family family members just don't understand you right now? They just don't understand your faith right now. They just don't understand why you lift up your hands, why you pray, why you take time out of your Sunday, your only day off, to get to church. Come on, we all got that. See the misunderstandings, the frustrations, the disappointments. Come on, how about the abandonment? Come on, how about the loneliness? Come on, for single and teenagers. As Christians, this is what they struggle with, loneliness. Because there's so few of them. Come on. And persecutions. See, all this will come from living a godly life. Your friends aren't going to understand this new thing you got going. There, because your old reputation is just woohoo, yeah, let's get whatever. Now your now your new reputation's got morals, and your new morals are getting in the old worldly fun. That's really not fun. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, listen, I know, chief sinner, I get it. Sin was fun for a season but it always had its consequences. You always had the hangover. You always had the jail time. You all, come on. You always had the withdrawals. You always had the diseases. You always, come on. And that ain't fun. And until you experience Christ, In all his goodness, you don't even know what fun is yet. That's what's amazing. When you start experiencing the kingdom of God and what real life is, oh man, then it's not just a temporary happiness, it's joy everlasting. Go to sleep with joy. You wake up with joy. You go through the day with joy. You face tribulation with joy. You face trials with joy. Come on. You consider it all joy. It don't get no funner than that. <laughs> all right. That's a different way of processing things. Come on. If we hold fast our assurance, people will see Christ. They'll see the anointed one. They'll, yokes will be broke off of their life. Burdens will be broke off of their life. Come on. So we become living stones, built up in the kingdom of God, in the house of God, under its rule and its authority and its power. Come on, man. Romans 8. Look at Romans 8 31. Y'all with me? One is. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? Now, we are really good at stop reading before we get to all the promises and having to live it by faith. It says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? I love that. I love it. And it says, Who is the one who condemns? Who will, be, who will bring a charge? I'm sorry, 33. Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Everything that they point fingers at us, come on. We have an advocate Christ standing before God going, nope, see these scars? They're covered. Who is the one who condemns? It's a question. Christ Jesus is he who died. Yes, rather who is raised... Who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. In the midst of the trials and the tribulations, Jesus is interceding for us in heaven. Look what it says here Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecutions, or famine, or nakedness, Or peril, or sword. None of that. And here's the deal we're not exempt from any of that. But guess what? We're going to be delivered from it all. Come on. So that thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's a powerful statement. Powerful statement. But we have to hold firm until the end. And when we hold firm till the end, then we see the promises and we receive the promises. The joy, the peace, the power. Come on. We always stop short of these nuggets. See, we can't harden our heart. Look in Hebrews 12. The word is... Pretty rich. And when you start connecting all these dots, it starts making sense. Why, what's going on? Hebrews 12, verse 8. But if you are without discipline, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Look what he says. We're all going to be disciplined. Trials and tribulations help discipline us. Furthermore, verse 9, we had earthly fathers to discipline us and we respected them. Shall we not much rather be subject to the father of spirits and live? Hmm. Yeah, I'd rather live. So if I'm willing, listen, this is how we bear fruit and this is how we uh, get godly character in our life. When we are being pressured and we're having to seek God in his word and stand on it, God, what do you want me to do? I want you to stand, quit crying, and I want you to stretch out your hand. That's what he says. Because usually when we get pressured and we come under trials, we start crying. And hopefully we don't start complaining and whining because that really makes God mad. God says, quit crying, stretch out your hand and start speaking and start declaring. Because when you start speaking and you start declaring, stuff starts parting, stuff starts drying up and I'm honored when the enemy comes in after you because of his pride. Come on. See, God, in bringing order and correction to his body, is bringing sons willing to walk out disciplined lives who are willing to speak to mountains, sling a few rocks at some giants. Come on. That's what God's doing in this correction and order. Having sons. God wants sons and daughters. He doesn't want slaves. He wants sons and daughters who are going this is the kingdom's way. This is where we're, this is standard. I'm going to live this way. This is what God said. If you defile yourself, if you come on to handle the persecution That's what we're going to do. We're going to bear fruit, handle the persecution, see his kingdom come and God's will done. Philippians 2 verse 12 says, So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for His good pleasure. God's working some things out in us. Things that don't need to be there, things that do need to be there. It's His divine character, His divine nature. And it's only through a disciplined life that we can accomplish what God has in store for us. Because every person on the planet, God has something powerful in store for you. His Word is so rich. It says... Jeremiah 29, 11. everybody knows it. For I know the plans that I have for you. Plans f- to prosper you for welfare. Come on. Those are good things. And he always says that, Psalms 139. I know the days that I've ordained for you, you know. But you got an enemy always trying to rewrite them. And so God uses the enemy against his own self, if we could just learn to process what's going on and recognizing the devil when it's the devil, because Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And you know who He uses? He uses us when we stretch out our hand. Come on. See, why do you suppose the military, how many, we got military people in here? You went to boot camp and they screamed in your face telling you your mama ain't here no more. Telling you that you're a maggot and you don't know nothing. Come on. Now our military is taking kind of a diverse turn here. But the reason for boot camp is to change your thinking process and how you process trials and tribulation when it comes at you. Because when you get in the heat of a battle, and we have to teach this in our bull riding schools, listen, When you crawl down in that bucking chute, I'm going to be talking to you. And I'm going to need you to talk back to me and not just grunt. I don't need some "Mm, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I need you to clearly talk to me because what's going to happen is is your motor's going to start running and your adrenaline's going to start running and you can't handle what's fixing to happen if you're just cause adrenaline it brings your focus to just it's called the fog of war. And if you're not trained that adrenaline takes over and you, you either panic or you hide or you you're freaking out. None of that's good. And you're being trained how to handle this adrenaline. You're being trained how to handle weapons. You're being trained how to fight under duress. Oh, come on, man. The body of Christ has lost this mentality. 9-11 showed us exactly the problem in the natural that we've been facing in the spiritual that we lost our fight in this country and that we became sheep. Come on, are y'all with me? Because we haven't learned that when we come up against trials and tribulation, that they are making us into a fighting machine that is trained for war to destroy the works of the devil that gives God honor, gives God glory. It gets our family back. It gets our finances back in order. It gets our life. Come on, are y'all with me? And people go, man, Jesus turned your entire life around. It's now affecting your family. Come on, are y'all with me? and you ain't been out there on a street corner hollering at people, telling them they're sinners and to repent and that the end of the world is here. That doesn't change lives. That doesn't change lives. I know we think it does, but that absolutely changes no lives you getting in a debate with heathens. Come on. Paul said, don't wrangle about all that stuff. Discipline and training is for the fight to live, to do what's right, to live a moral life, to transform our thinking when we're under stress, when we don't want to be faithful, when we don't want to be disciplined, when we don't, come on. Second Peter chapter four. I'm just about done. Y'all still with me? Second Peter chapter four, verse four. Am I in the right place? No, I'm not in the right. Place. Okay, now I am. For by these. He has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises for by and if you read up above these are for by these divine power, glory, excellence and true knowledge. When you his divine power, his glory, his excellence, the true knowledge for by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises. In order that by them you might become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Now, for this very reason, also applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence. In your moral excellence, knowledge. In your knowledge, self control. In your self control, perseverance. In your perseverance, Godliness and in your godliness brotherly kindness and in your brotherly kindness love for if these qualities are yours and are increasing they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I love this part for he who lacks these qualities is blind and short sighted having forgotten his purification from his former sins. And the reason that we have to apply diligence, faith, moral excellence, because all of that is under attack. It's all under attack. And it's trying to get us to, oh, well, is it worth it all? It is worth it all. It is worth it all. It The enemy is always holding these under attack. Self-control, moral excellence. Come on. See, God has called us to walk in His glory and power. And as our faith claims His promises, we will see this truth manifested in our life we'll see it manifested. It'll be evident in our life. His divine nature. Come on, think about that. You having the divine nature of God. Because here's what Jesus said. Mark 16, verse 17. These signs will accompany those who have believed, those who are applying moral excellence, those who are walking in self-control, those who are being diligent, come on, these signs will accompany those who believed in my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues, they will pick up serpents and they will if they drink any deadly poison. I used to always wonder about that. I don't know more. You know, I mean, why would you put that in there? You know, well, in the year, you know, 30 AD, didn't make sense, but now it makes a lot of sense. If they drink any deadly poison, it shall not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick they will recover. See, this is what thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven looks like. We have repeated that prayer so much that we've made it so repetition that we don't even process or think about what that really means. And God is saying, I'm fixing to press you to the Red Sea and you're going to know exactly what thy kingdom come means. You're going to know exactly what my will be done means. You're going to know exactly what it means to stand up, quit crying, Stretch out your hand and start speaking to the sea. When you have to start speaking to your own soul and your own body, you are healed in Jesus' name. You have the mind of Christ. Your lungs are filled with the breath of God. Cancer has to die in my body. Come on. My children, my household will serve the Lord. Come on, you're going to know exactly what it means to be pressed up against the Red Sea and you have nowhere else to turn. And that's what's going to give honor and glory to God is because you stood up and you stretched out your hand and you spoke to the mountain You throwed your rock at the giant. Come on. And you had four more in your pocket ready and waiting for whatever else stuck its head up that you needed to knock down too. Come on, we got to quit reading these book as stories. This is history and account in a recording of victory after victory after victory after victory after victory, after victory of all victories of people who would refuse to just lay down and let, come on. But in the face of giants, in the midst of the fire, in the midst of the storms, dared to say, I want to be where you are. I want to be where you are. I want to be in the midst of what you're doing. Even if it's on walking on water, I want to be there. Come on, are y'all with me? Y'all stand. Yeah, I don't have a mic. Do you? Can I get a mic, Josh? Come on, I know this is different.
1: Okay, so um, I was sitting there and I thought during worship was a little undignified. <laughs> but, you know, you, it, when you're obedient, you can't help what happens to you when you're in the presence of the Lord. <laughs> so I'm sitting over here thinking, well, that's ju- that was just for me. You know, because there was just such a release from the weight and just, no, you know, it's been a minute for some joy in my life, but it just, we're in this serious song, I want to be where you are, (laughs) and I am just cracking up laughing, (laughs) and I cannot quit laughing, and I'm like, but Lord, I'm like... I'm laughing. This we're supposed to, you know. Reno's over here singing real serious, and he's just all up in the presence of the Lord. And the Lord spoke, Tracy. There is joy in my presence.
0: Come on, that's you right. don't
1: have to be ashamed of the laughter and the joy that I'm bringing to you. Because <laughs> let me tell you, it was some much-needed joy. Come on, and there is right. a difference between happy and joy. Yeah. Okay, the joy of the Lord is my strength. No matter what my circumstances look like, I may not be happy at the moment, right. but his joy. Yeah. And so I'm sitting up there, and I'm, I'm like, oh, my <laughs> gosh. I just, and Haley goes, I'm just glad your goose didn't come out because when I really laugh, it's like <laughs> y'all would have thought that I was demon-possessed or something. So I'm just, I'm just glad he gave me at least a good, happy laugh. But while I was sitting over there a while ago and David's talking, because we started out the whole message, I'm speaking to my mountain. Mm -hmm. I'm declaring it. I'm declaring victory. We went into worship. We went into thankfulness. We went into gratitude. (laughs) All the things, when you start, you got to take your sword. You Mm got to have your sword. And so I'm sitting over there and he keeps saying, like everything that's going through. My mind over here, which is confirmation, talking about quit your whining, quit your crying, <laughs> stand up, declare, which is what we did this morning. You got problems in your marriage, declare your mar- your marriage is, is whole. Mm-hmm. Declare it's restored. Mm-hmm. You got problems in your finances, find out what the Word of God says about your finances, get it on track, and then declare that yeah. your finances are prosperous. It's good. So, he's sitting over here and he's doing that all of a sudden my and I'm like I am about to jump up out of this place out of my seat and take off running. If they thought I was undignified up here, they're really about to think I'm undignified. But I was sitting there and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, my feet are starting to and all of a sudden my watch goes off. It has never done this before because you have a high heart rate. And I'm like, that is never. Probably not even when I'm exercising has it ever said that. And so I'm, I'm over there battling with myself, do I get up and speak this word? Do I not speak this word? And so at that moment when, you know, your heart is about to jump out of your chest, you're like, okay, yeah. I get it. So I just want to not to embarrass anyone because we've all been there. But I just feel like there is an atmosphere and a spirit of joy to be released in this place this morning. And I don't want to, I really felt like, okay, either you're going to be obedient and that was just for you, or you're going to get up and you're going to be obedient and they're going to be obedient and they're not going to leave the same way that they came. So I just want to put this out there and then you can do with it what you want. Okay. I'm, I'm throwing the, I'm throwing the hook and he's going to reel it in. <laughs> <laughs> but if you have been dealing with it isn't it may not even be depression because I don't want to say it's depression right but if you have been dealing with you just feel like the weight you're carrying a weight that is so heavy and for some reason you just can't shake it for whatever reason you can't shake it no matter what you do I'm, I'm just telling you there's gonna be a release of the weight off of you and that the joy of the Lord is going to come upon you because the joy of the Lord is your strength.
0: Mm -hmm. So
1: don't miss it if it's you.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's good. Come on, Sarah.
2: So much like Tracy, my heartbeat was pounding and felt like (laughs) I had to do this. I'm going to borrow this if you don't mind. During worship, I felt a very... um, Strong present while presence while praying that someone in here, um, I had a vision of is trying to grab a hold of God, and feels like they're using everything they have to hold on. Um, But God showed me that, or told me that it's not us that has to hold on to Him. Come on, He holds on to us. It's good. And um, the verse in Hebrews. I asked CJ to help me look it up, where it talks about labor to enter into the rest. That's what we're supposed to labor for, is to enter into his rest. And as you were preaching, um, you went around verses that were right there, and I kept, I read a section, so I was going to read it here. And who is it who has rebelled against God, even though they heard his voice? Wasn't it the people Moses led out of Egypt? And who made God angry for 40 years? Wasn't it the people who sinned, whose corpses lay in the wilderness? And to whom was God speaking when he took an oath that they would never enter into his rest? Wasn't it the people who disobeyed him? So we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his his rest. God's promise of entering his rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. For the good news that God has prepared, for the good, this good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them. But it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. So that was a part of it. The Egyptians didn't enter into the rest because they didn't, um, but the promise still stands for us. And rest is not stopping living, but it's letting Him live through us. It doesn't mean you stop doing what you're supposed to do, but you let Him do it through you. Um, I also have this picture of rest, like at at night when you're sleeping, your body is still working, you're dreaming. Um, I have a lot of dreams where I feel like God talks to me in it. I don't shut off even in that I'm available to God. But if I'm up worrying, if I'm up trying to figure out everything, and I'm, I'm not letting him do it, then I miss the rest. I miss the sleep, and it makes for a bad day the next day. And the other picture I had was, um, I used to babysit a lot, and I had one little girl that threw temper tantrums a lot. And um, not being the parent, I didn't punish, I didn't do anything, but what I would do is just hold her until she gave in. And I feel like that was kind of the picture of what, um, that's how I pictured God is like we can try to do it on our own. We can try to grab hold of him, but it's not about that. It's about him holding us. It's about resting and sleeping and let him talking to you in your dreams, but doing what he has and letting the joy come out. Um, and there was one more right Right as you said that it came out. So Hebrews 4.11 says, So let us do our best to enter the rest. But if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fail. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest of two-edged sword, cutting beneath the soul and the spirit, between the joint and the marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one whom we are accountable. So I just want to encourage whoever it's for, whoever, and I think partially for myself, is to let God to just rest in him. Don't grab hold, but let him hold you.
0: Mhm. Here's how that works. Is that to experience that joy. It's in Christ. And that's what he says. We enter into it, but because of their unbelief, they could never shut that loop off that we're only eating manna, we're only you know, you brought us out here to die. You, I mean, it was 40 years of this loop in their head of anxiety and worry and complaining, and there's no joy in that. And a lot of times we see what's going on in the world and we just think, oh, it's just it's too overwhelming. And so we stop going forward and we start losing our joy and our rest and our, come on, does that make sense to anybody in here? Well, here's what i want to do. If you need that joy and you need to enter in that rest, here's what I want you to do. Just slip up your hands. Just slip up your hands. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just thank you right now that joy comes in the morning. Father, I thank you right now, Lord Jesus, the things that we've been striving with, the decisions we've been having to try to make, our minds going full throttle, even at night, Father God. Not resting. But Father, I pray right now, Lord Jesus, It's all in your hands. We just stretch out our hands to the sea. Lord, we begin to proclaim your word over the dead ends. We proclaim your word. Father, we thank you that our lives, Father God, are in your hands. And every enemy that comes against us will give honor and glory to God because we walk in victory. And we thank you right now. You are working all things out for our good. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love y'all. We will see y'all Sunday.